Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Antioch Dallas Life Group Leader Podcast. This podcast is made to equip and encourage the life group leaders and discipleship group leaders at our church. And my name is Joe Polino, and I serve as the life group's pastor at Antioch Dallas. This is part two of a five-part series on discipleship groups, or D-groups as we call them. And a D-group is a smaller guy-girl group that meets within a life group, and they meet regularly to love, encourage, and challenge one another to grow as disciples of Jesus, who in turn help others do the same. So these short teachings are meant to supplement the discipleship group guide, which can be found at makedisciples.co. Uh, So if you haven't read the guide before, I'd recommend you check it out after this podcast. We also are offering discipleship group trainings for anyone who's a new D-group leader. And you can go to makedisciples.co and click on Get Trained for more info. So in this episode, we'll begin to go through the core practices of a D-group. CORE stands for Confession, Others, Reading, Responding, and Encouragement. So Confession others, reading and responding, and encouragement. We discovered CORE uh, through a church in New York City called Church of the City, where Pastor John Tyson and his team have been using this model effectively for their version of D-groups up there. And we liked how it spelled out the four practices in D-group that are simple, memorable, and they bear good fruit when they're done over time. So with that, I'm excited to dive into the first letter of core, which is C for confession. So what is confession? Confession is the practice of confessing sin to God and to a trusted group of brothers or sisters in Christ. When we do this, it heals us from the toxicity of sin that poisons our lives and our relationships. What confession is not is that confession is not meant to be a shame or guilt-inducing time. It's not meant to be a punitive thing or a time when you feel like you've been called to the principal's office because you got busted for something. Uh, Not that that has ever happened to me. Um, But uh, yeah, like it's not meant to be like that. It's never meant to stir up feelings of shame, fear, or guilt. Instead, the practice of confessing sin is meant to actually crush shame, fear, and guilt as we apply the gospel. I want to say that again. When we practice confessing sin, it's meant to crush shame, fear, or guilt as we apply the gospel. Another thing that confession is not is confession is not for lesser Christians. That's a lie. Uh, the healthiest disciples of Jesus are those who have a place to regularly confess, turn, and rely on Jesus with help from trusted brothers or sisters in Christ. So that's what confession is meant to be. Why is it so important? Well, I want to share quickly just three high points of why confession is important. Number one, confession heals us from toxic toxic sin in our lives and relationships. Confession helps us apply the gospel to our lives. And confession destroys the loneliness and lies sin creates. So number one, confession heals us from toxic sin in our lives and relationships. Proverbs 28, 13 says, "'Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper.'" but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, it says. It's like hiding poison or sickness in your body. It's not going to go well, even if you can hide it well from others. God says people who conceal their sin will not prosper in the end. In addition, we can't can't hide our sin from God or others ultimately uh, forever. Jesus said in Luke 8, 17, for all... 
that is secret will eventually be brought out into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought into the light and made known to all. So, simply put, if you hide sin, you will not prosper in that way. However, when we confess and renounce our sin, we find mercy in healing from sin. So that's number one. Confession heals us from toxic sin in our lives and relationships. So number two, why is confession important? Confession helps us apply the gospel to our lives. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24 says this, When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The process of confessing sin, turning away from sin, and turning to the Lord is the process of putting off your old self and putting on our new self in Christ. So there's this great quote um, that I keep going back to. It's from a book called Strengthening Your Soul of Leadership by Ruth Haley Barton. And it really helps me to remember what putting off and putting on look like. And, and here's the quote. Uh, it describes a scene where a disciple is asking his master if there's anything he could do to make himself grow spiritually. And the master answered, as little as you can do to make the sun rise in the morning. So disconcerted, the disciple asked, then what is the use of all these spiritual exercises that you have taught me? And the master replied, to make sure that you're not asleep when the sun begins to rise. So it goes on to describe that what, what the point of that quote is. And the point is, it reminds us that we cannot fix ourselves and we cannot make ourselves grow spiritually. But what we can do is place ourselves in a position to be attentive to God's presence and yielded to, to his light shining on us, similar to us not being able to make the sun actually rise, but we can position ourselves in a place where we can uh, see and receive and have the light shine on us when the sun does rise. So confessing sin is one of the best ways, one of the greatest ways for us to position ourselves to be formed by God and grow in his presence as we apply the gospel. So that's number two. And so the last reason why, why is confession important? Confession destroys the loneliness and lies that sin creates. 1 John 1, 8 through 9 says this, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So sin's goal is to isolate, deceive, and to distort the truth, according to this passage. Confession to God and to others keeps us grounded in reality, keeps us grounded in God's truth, and it prevents us from being deceived. Now, uh, another quote that I find helpful here is from Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. In his book, Life Together, he warns and, and uh, exhorts even people who are really active Christians that you can be doing a lot of different Christian activities, but if there's not a place of confession happening, uh, then you could be in a place of danger. And he says this, he said, He who is alone with his sin is utterly alone. It may be that Christians, notwithstanding corporate worship, common prayer, 
and all their fellowship and service may still be left to their loneliness. So in other words, he's saying uh, sin isolates and you could be doing corporate worship, corporate prayer, fellowshipping with people, serving, and still be left in your loneliness. And he who is left, uh, he who is alone with his sin is utterly alone. And so I experienced this firsthand years ago when I first came uh, to recommit my life to Jesus in college. Man, I was all in. Uh, if the church was open and having services, I was there, front row. Uh, if, you know, even 6.30 a.m. prayer meetings, as a college student, I was getting up the earliest I've ever gotten up in my life because I was in, you know, Snacks for Life group. I was going above and beyond. I wasn't getting the, you know, just the, the bag of chips. I was getting the salsa and the guacamole to go with it. I was all in. And yet, as I was doing all these things, in the midst of all these activ- activities, I began to feel lonely and like a fraud because on the inside, I still had so much fear, insecurity. I had sins of pride, lust, and selfish ambition. And no one on the outside could tell that I, could, that I knew of, but internally, I felt like I was still a person who was in chains. And I didn't know what to do, so I began slowly to pull away from God and from the church because I felt isolated and alone and began believing lies, that something's wrong with me. But thankfully, uh, in my life group, I was invited to join a guys group. And this one night, uh, I showed up for the guys group. It was one of our first meetings, and there was three of us in the group. And we were at a picnic table in this guy's backyard, and the leader began to open up about things that he had been struggling with. He said he had confessed sin to God, but wanted to ask us for prayer, some things that he was going through. And as he began to share about his, str- his struggles, his sinful thoughts, his doubts, man, it, in my heart, it was like he was turning on a faucet of grace to pour into my soul. I was like, wait, you're, you're experiencing these things? I thought I was the only one. And uh, it opened up for me a window to be able to share about my struggles, my sin, and my need for healing. And, and I'll never forget that night. We all shared and prayed for each other. And after bearing my soul to these guys that I trusted, you know, we, we were closer together. Uh, my burden was lifted that night. And uh, we continued to walk together with each other, and, and it changed my life. So this is my hope for you and for our D groups. I'm so fired up about um, just us leaning into this more intentionally. I think we do this well, but um, yeah, just having this be the beginning, the the C of core, I just want to reiterate, never underestimate the power of confessing sin to your group as a leader. So we're all people in need of the cross and come to the cross together, whether you're a new believer or you've been following Jesus for longer than most of us have been alive. um, We all are people that come to the cross and come to Jesus and let us be a church Uh, who confesses well. So lastly, some practicals. How do we do this uh, when we're in group? How do we actually apply this? Well, my advice is to keep it simple and trust the Holy Spirit. Here are some tips, though, on how to get you started that might avoid some, some bumpy patches, if you will. So my first tip, take the first five to 10 minutes to connect personally. So when you're meeting in your group, Uh, just ask them how they're doing. How was your week? Did you see the game? Just 
Be friends. Build relationships. It doesn't have to go deep right away. But to kind of help transition the time, uh, I would recommend after maybe five to ten minutes that you or whoever's leading the group that time cast vision, reminding everyone why you're meeting. And I would encourage this to be, doesn't mean that you have to do it every time, but I would say every time. Just it's helpful to remind one another why we're doing what we're doing. And if I was sharing vision, I might share something like this. It's like, hey guys, so good to be with you again. Uh, hey, just want to remind us of why we're meeting. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And uh, man, you and I both know that all of us are being shaped by something, whether it be you know media, culture, etc. And I want to be shaped by Jesus. I want to be shaped by um, people who are looking to pursue Jesus. And I want to help other people find and follow Jesus, who are then in turn going to help others find and follow Jesus. So that's why we're meeting. That's why we're doing this um, as we're pursuing Jesus together and growing in friendship. And so to be intentional with our time, we're doing core, you know, confession, others, reading and responding and encouragement. So let's start with C. Let's start with confession. That would be how, you know, one way that you could transition your time into confession. So then when you're actually in confession time, how do you, how do you lead that time? Well, a few thoughts. One is the first time that you do it, don't just jump into it, but instead ask people what their background is with this. Ask them what comes to mind when you think of confessing sin. Are there any emotions or experiences that come up for you when you think about confession? When you do this and hear people's responses, man, it'll just help you understand, <clears throat> excuse me, help you understand where people are coming from and avoid, um, yeah, just thinking that you're all on the same page when you're actually not. So then after you do that in the following times, uh, some, some practical ways we put in the discipleship group guide is to read Galatians 5, 19 through 25, which has a list of the acts of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. And then another way is to look at the chart at the Discipleship Group Guide, which gets at some of the heart um, postures of a disciple of Jesus and saying we want to turn away from the seven deadly sins or seven deadly heart postures, and we want to ask God in, instead to give us uh, fruit of the Spirit in that place. So those are simple ways to lead the confession time and then just wait on the Lord and open up for people to share. So what do you do after someone confesses? Again, just keeping it simple. Love them, listen to them, and pray with them. Love them, listen to them, pray with them. And I'd add, point them to Jesus' finished work on the cross and the Holy Spirit at work in them. And this passage, just to close, is one that I would go to often. It's uh, 1 John uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. And the Apostle John says, My little children, I write these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. He is the satisfier for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So again, my advice is to keep it simple. Don't get too focused on trying to do all the steps perfectly. Leave room for the Spirit to convict and, uh, and to move and, um, 
and just believe in for people to have a space where they can take off their masks that they feel like they need to wear before God and before brothers and sisters in Christ. So just to recap, as we close, what is confession? Confession is the practice of confessing sin to God and the trusted brothers or sisters in Christ. And also, I just want to reiterate, confession is a normal and needed part of discipleship to Jesus. It's not for the super, uh, it's not for the super Christians, nor is it for the lesser Christians. It's actually just plain for the disciple of Jesus. Confession is a needed and normal part of discipleship to Jesus. And why is it important? It's important because confession heals us from the toxicity of sin in our lives and relationships. It helps us apply the gospel to our lives, and it destroys loneliness and lies that sin creates in us. And then as you do it, uh, some advice is to keep it simple. Trust the Holy Spirit. Read Galatians 5 and look at the chart on the guide. Love, listen, and pray for each other. So as we close, that is it for part two. Next time, I'll go over the practice of others. So, um, so thankful for you. Let's be sharp and remember Jesus' promise to us that all authority in heaven on earth has been given to him. And surely, Jesus, he is with you always to the very end of the age. He is with us. What else could we need? Love you guys. See you next time.